Yo, 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 Big D with a week 12 recap on the Big D podcast. Before I bring in hours back from swimming with the Dolphins, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. See all my fo- football content. Hopefully the U.S. can get a win against Iran tomorrow. Otherwise, you will see a big rant coming tomorrow night. Also, check out the Big D podcast for all your uh, Spotify and Apple listeners. So, back from running with cheetahs, walling with penguins, and swimming with the dolphins. Hmm, I wonder who that could be. Alex? Thank you, sir. Not only was I doing all the three, but I was doing the three at Hard Rock Stadium. Had a fantastic trip down to Miami on Sunday to watch the boys dominate in person. You know, it's pretty much just a, uh, a first half that I... Uh, Really got to enjoy, but, you know, it was definitely worth it. Being up 27, 30, nothing at halftime. I mean, there's not much more you can uh, ask for when you go to a, a to a live football game. Well, that's why they play two halves, right? Because if you're down 30, nothing, you could always come back, right? I mean, yeah, against uh, third-string quarterbacks and uh, a somewhat beat-up offensive line but you know it does you know even Mike McDaniel said after the game you know it's a lot of that was on him he he did some he did have some overly aggressive play calling in that second half uh having Skylar Thompson make some deep shots and some interesting play calls but you know it's all right we, we got a week to regroup against a tough matchup against San Francisco next week yeah so what's the difference what's the difference seeing Tua Cheetah and Waddle in person it's crazy. I mean, there was one specific play. It was uh, Tyreek Hill cutting across the middle, caught the ball, I think, maybe seven, eight yards down the field, and he broke it for like a 38-yard run. And just watching that, seeing that happen in person, I mean, I looked at my buddy and I said, any other player in the NFL, and that's that's a 10, 15-yard game, but just watching him accelerate across, going from practically sideline to sideline, just bursting across the field and then turning it upfield and turning turning a five, six, seven-yard catch into a 30-plus-yard gain. I mean, it's just crazy to see that speed in real life. I mean, you know, it's 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 cool. You know, it's always cool. I, you know, I love watching football on TV because, obviously, you've got the announcer's uh, perspectives. You kind of have a, a up-close and personal view of the action. But it's so much fun sitting in the stadium and really being able to see the intricacies of, of the NFL game in action uh, and in person. Just being able to watch the safeties, the things that you can't really see that the camera operators don't always show, watching the safeties movement, watching the receivers breaking out of their routes. And it's just, it's so much fun. And and with those weapons that, that we have in Miami, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a sight that I knew I couldn't go this season without missing or without seeing. You know what's been weird this year is that usually a buy is a good thing because you get healthy, you get another week of game playing. But this year... A couple teams to struggle coming off by is Kansas City struggle against Tennessee, the 49ers struggle against the Chargers, but yet it seemed like Miami didn't have any problems now. Was part of it maybe the Texans, especially in the first half, was part of it maybe that Miami got to play the worst team in the league, or is it just that Miami's particularly passing offense with Tua, Waddle, and Cheetah? just can dominate almost anyone. Yeah, I mean, even Tua leading and Mike McDaniel leading up to the game was saying that they they didn't love um the the timing of their bye this season. I mean, obviously we're on a, we were on a four-game win streak 
Um, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of take a week off when you have that momentum and have that, 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 that really all around football that the Dolphins have been playing the last couple of weeks. Um, and then just to kind of have to take a week off, step away, obviously still learning, still studying, still game planning, but, you know, just not having that every day on the field, getting ready for a Sunday. But, you know, I, I think you're right. Obviously playing the worst team in football uh, is definitely a way to kind of get over the, those uh, bi-week shakes, you know? Um, but uh, like you said, this team is just built for the, this offense in particular is just built for success. I mean, it really, you could have them on, on off for two weeks and that's just two weeks that Mike McDaniel is going to have to be creative and, and, and find ways to beat the opponent. And that's what he's so good at is just putting his key players in positions to where, you know, it, say they're a week rusty or, or they're a little rusty after a week off. Mike McDaniel is so good at putting his skill players in positions to succeed and in position to make plays that it really, I, don't, I really don't think the bye week affected them that much. You know, the Dolphins have been getting pretty banged up lately over the last couple of weeks. So I think the bye was nice to really be able to kind of, you know, ice those, ice those, those sore muscles and really just have that week to recover. Obviously a couple injuries uh, went down yesterday and I said it in the second quarter, once this game was running away from us, I looked at my friend and I said, the only thing I want to see out of this game is, is, is no injuries. And of course I probably jinxed it, but hopefully Teron, Teron Armstead is back before uh, sooner than later. Um, uh, I know Rappaport said, or Schefter, one of them said it wasn't uh, as serious as some people were, were hoping for, or, or not hoping for, I'm sorry, as serious as some people were fearing. Uh, I know Jeff Wilson went out in the game, but he was able to return. So as long as we can uh, stay as healthy as possible, I think, uh, I think we'll be okay. Well, yeah, and a lot of people wonder, like, whether or not Miami would pull Tua because you got up so big, and it's like, well, my the last thing Miami needs is somebody not named Tua on their center. Yeah, exactly, and, you know, everyone everyone in our section around us was saying, I mean, you got to pull Tua, you got to pull Tua, why is he still in the game? Um, you know, once Tron Armstead, once Tron Armstead left that game, the offensive line really turned to shambles, which we, the Dolphins have played without Tron Armstead, uh, previous in the season and they didn't look as bad, but I think just the fact of, of having to adjust in the middle of a game, losing him, it kind of threw things off for the offensive line. And then Tua took three sacks almost back to back to back. And I think after those sacks, one of them, he went down. It looked kind of ugly, which fortunately he was able to get up and, and he was fine. But uh, his bent, his body bended in a weird way. So I think after that, Coach McDaniel uh, realized, you know, I think a 30 point cushion. I think even though we're still in the third quarter, we should be able to see this game out. And for I mean, Skylar Thompson really did not look good yesterday. Unfortunately, he was one of five. I mean, just not not I mean the the B team was not really doing its best work uh in that third late late third fourth quarter but um you know it when you go up 30 nothing at halftime it's it's you're gonna need something special to come back and the Texans don't have anything special in them unfortunately for them I've got a well now as the calendar is getting ready to flip into December Miami begins a very difficult three game stretch at San Francisco at LA, at Buffalo. What, what what record would you like to see the Dolphins? I mean, obviously you want the Dolphins winning every game, but realistically, what would be the expectation of, of this three-game stretch? Could Miami go 1-3, 1-2, 2-1, or heck, win them all? 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm going to throw the fourth game in there too, the Packers game on Christmas, just because I know it's going to add an extra win there. I'm not, I just, I remember when that season, when the, when our schedule dropped at the beginning of the year, you see, oh God, we got to play Aaron Rodgers on a holiday in prime time. Like you're, you're already marking that one up as an L. And then all of a sudden as the season starts and it goes on and it goes on and goes on, you're like, wait a second. It, it went from being scared of the Packers on Christmas to being like, okay, maybe we can win this game to now being, I'd be surprised if the Dolphins lose that game. So I know you asked for the next three games. You know, I just wanted to talk a little bit about that Packers game. But as far as the next three, this 49ers one's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be a great football game. And and everyone I've been talking to, and and it's really just a reality of this situation. We're going to learn a lot about who the Miami Dolphins are over these next three weeks. Obviously, and I've been saying it for a good the majority of the season, really since that Buffalo and uh, and and Baltimore game. I believe the Miami Dolphins can beat any team in the NFL. I don't think that there's a team in the league that the Dolphins are incapable of beating. You just have to be able to have that defense show up. Obviously, you know you you know what you have in the offense, and, and you can expect greatness from that offense. The defense has been somewhat inconsistent, but they've been looking better. Jalen Phillips is stepping up. Obviously, Emmanuel Ogba's out for the year, but we bring in Bradley Chubb. Uh, defense was getting turnovers, scoring touchdowns yesterday. Obviously, again, it's the Houston Texans, but just being able to for them to get that confidence, it's going to be huge going into these three games. Uh, we completely shut down Damian Pierce, who's the only player I was concerned about on that Texans offense yesterday. So, uh, you, you know, you've got the confidence of, of being able to stop a, a really solid running back. Now, obviously, you have to go up against Christian McCaffrey. I think realistically, I think – I. I, I think the Dolphins are, are a top team in the NFL. I think they're, they are a Super Bowl contender. I, and I would say I expect two and one out, out of these next three games. I mean, I even think, like I said, I think the Dolphins can be any team in the NFL. I think they, they very well could go three and all over these next three games. If I had to be somewhat more realistic, I would, I would probably say we drop one of them and, and probably end two and one. I'm not too scared about the chargers. We always beat the chargers. We always play them well, especially when we play them in LA. I think Justin Herbert, you know, he finally was able to finish a game-winning drive this week. I know Chargers fans are happy about that, but I just see it as as almost an anomaly because from what we've seen in close games with Justin Herbert, it seems like an interception is a lot more likely than a touchdown. And uh, when you're throwing against uh, Javon Holland and Xavier Howard, you got to be careful where you put that ball. So, you know, I'm confident in the Chargers game. And then the 49ers and the Bills, I think we win one of those games. People are telling me I'm crazy that 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 the Miami Dolphins can beat the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. You just told me I was. But at the end of the day, man, the Bills are on a down downward slope. I mean, they ought, yes, they won this week, but they do not look like the world beater Buffalo Bills that we've been used to seeing. Cold weather Tua, it's going to be a test. It's going to be a question, but he's got all the confidence in the world right now. I really think 2-1 and one is, is really what I'm expecting from these next three games. <laughs> you, 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 you're speechless on, on that level of uh, commentary, Don. I mean, uh, the 49ers, yes, Christian McCaffrey's talented. Yes, Alex, uh, Alex, I'm not speechless on your Dolphins. I'm speechless on our next topic. All right, there you go. You know, we've talked about enough about my team. Uh, I was wondering if you're going to give me any feedback there, but it's all right. Uh, we're going to move on to a very fantastic game. You know, we talked about my team. Let's talk about your team. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Boy, how about them Baltimore Ravens when it comes to blowing uh, fourth quarter leads? I mean, John Harbaugh's got to be shaking his head after what went down yesterday. But, you know, got to give credit to Trevor Lawrence. I mean, that fourth quarter, that two-minute two minute drill driving the Jaguars down the field, 
throwing the touchdown pass and throwing the consecutive two-point conversion, going for the win. We're not looking for overtime. We're going to win this thing right out, and they sure did it. I mean, initial thoughts. I mean, you had to have been elated after, you know, losing to the Houston Texans this season. You come back and you and you take one from John Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson, and the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, first thoughts when you see that two-point conversion succeed. Uh, be honest, when Trevor – I mean, that my instant thought was, uh, A, the Jaguars made the only pick they could have getting Trevor Lawrence. B, Trevor Lawrence arrived because – Every quarterback gets his shining moment in that, yeah. especially in a early in his in a career. Yesterday was Trevor Lawrence's B. I knew Doug Peterson was going to go for two because yeah. the Eagles went for two more than anybody with him at the helm. And see, it's not just how it's not just that the Jags won yesterday. But how the Jags won, you know, the Jaguars could have won 17-13, running the ball and playing good defense. The Jaguars won the game with Trevor Lawrence making big plays. I mean, that third and 20, getting where the Jaguars get a fourth down, fourth down conversion, then hitting Kirk, hitting Zay Jones, and then best of all, hitting... A uh, Marvin Jones Jr. with one of the craziest catches I've seen all I've seen a long time. How he even got his shit in bounds is beyond me. Yeah, and you know that's it's that's something I wanted to talk to talk about too as well because you know lately when you think about the Jacksonville Jag- Jaguars, you're thinking about Travis Etienne. I mean, they traded James Robinson, and since then Etienne has been a star for the Jaguars. And you got to think, I mean. Him going out after two carries, getting hurt, and you know, um, they said after the game that 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 ETN could have came back. He just didn't want to risk it. Uh, he wanted to play it safe, and, and obviously the Jaguars didn't need it. Um, you know, and and that's such a, and exactly what you said. It's such a statement game. You know, you're you're asking you you look, when you think about uh, you when you talk about college football and you're talking about the Heisman race, you're always looking for that Heisman moment. You're always looking for that moment where you say this guy has it and this guy is 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 who we decide is the best college football quarterback translating that to the nfl you know you got a young quarterback who struggled last season obviously his head coach situation wasn't very ideal but even this season he's had some struggles but to be able to see him go out have his the best player on their team get injured almost immediately and to go on and throw 29 and 37 passes 321 yards over the air with three touchdowns including the game winning uh touchdown with less than 30 seconds on the clock. I mean, that is a statement game from Trevor Lawrence. And it's something that I'm sure as you as a Jaguars fan have to be elated. And, and obviously, you know, it seems like Travis Etienne is going to be okay, uh, which is great news for the Jaguars. And, and if, if we can, if you can keep Trevor Lawrence playing like that, like he did yesterday and have Travis Etienne running the rock. I mean, it's, it's a bright future for the Jaguars as long as all the pieces, um, you know, stay healthy and, and really just come together. But I have to ask because I was watching this game. I was watching it on my phone as I was walking out of hard rock stadium. And all I know is I see Justin Tucker walking up to kick a 67 yard field goal. And I have to know Dylan, what was going through your mind when that football left his cleat? I was thinking, Oh, I'm not going to say what followed, but he did it again. Yep. I thought it was good. I thought it was thought, going to be honest. I I promise. I promise. I I thought I thought that was going 
that that would have cleared the uprights. And I was thinking, we we found the Jaguars can't win a one-score game anyway. And Justin Tuck was on the other side. I'm like, this one, this one's going to be good. And I'm like, this game's over. This game's yeah. over. We have no chance to win it. And the, the crazy thing, too, is like with Justin Tucker, I mean, you know, the NFL record for field goal was 63 yards for such a long time. And then, all, and then you know, not too long ago, it got broken for 64. And then, you know, Justin Tucker obviously hits the 66-yarder. And, and as he's walking up to kick this, I'm like, the only way he misses this field goal is if he misses it left or right. I was like, I, I didn't think for a second he would kick that ball short. I know there wasn't very much wind. The announcers were saying it wasn't very windy. And and the record was he had some some it was either indoors or had some wind helping him or something on the on the 66 yarder. But I, in my mind, Justin Tucker can hit from 70. He can hit from 72. Like, I feel like there's just no distance that's too long for him. So, I, you know, I was really just thinking he's got to get this through the uprights, uh, you know, accuracy wise, not necessarily distance wise. So I was surprised to see it come up short, but you know, you guys deserve it. It's, and, and honestly, you know, I'm, I'm pretty familiar as well with uh, beating the Baltimore Ravens on a uh, crazy fourth quarter. So, uh, you know, we got something to come in there. Okay. So uh, thinking, thinking about what happened, the great Northwest and Josh Jacobs was in Fuego yesterday. He didn't have 100 total yards. He didn't have 200 yards, but 303 total yards, two touchdowns, including an 86 yarder. Well, he's still running all, he's still running like Bo Jackson in the kingdom yeah. against the Seahawks. But, um, you know, the Raiders didn't give him a, a fifth year option before the season so he can be a free agent. If you are the Raiders, uh, quickly, quickly answer this one. Are you giving Josh Jacobs a mega fat contract? I'm going to be quick. I'm just going to say an answer that I think might surprise a lot of people. No, I'm not. Because it's the NFL in 2022, and I just don't believe you can pay running backs anymore. I He's 24 years old. He's young. But... Josh Jacobs has already broken his career uh, longest rushing yards in a season. We're in week 11. He is having a career year. He's already had a career year and he's still got six games to play. I just don't believe, I think that this was something that, especially with how bad the Raiders have been this season, obviously they have the talent and it's not working. I just, they drafted Zamir White last season and I think he's a promising back. I just think they the, the Raiders need help they're paying Devonte adams they're gonna pay Derek carr i just don't think you really can can drop that money on a running back in 2022 anymore you know i'm gonna try i'm gonna keep it at that to keep it quick but i think it's a surprising answer i i would not pay josh jacobs i've never drafted josh jacobs i did like uh i have no idea how many best ball teams i did didn't draft them in any didn't draft in fantasy football yeah, do I regret it? Perhaps, but I'm not paying Josh Jacobs. Not with Samir White. You win you win with cheap running backs. You don't win with fifteen, twenty million dollar running backs. I mean, you think I mean, who's the best running back for the Dallas Cowboys now? Tony Pollard or Zeke Elliott? Tony Pollard, easily. Thank you. I mean, look at recent Super Bowl chance. I mean, the 
Who was Kansas City's running back when they won the Super Bowl in Miami? I don't remember. Who was the other Rams running back when they won the Super Bowl last year? I don't remember. I mean, I remember, but they're not, they're no one notable. I mean, I'm pretty sure Clyde Edwards Hilaire was running for the Chiefs, and I think that was his rookie year, if I believe. I don't know. Um, if was, I don't know if that was Damian Williams, maybe. It could have been. Actually, it might have been Damian Williams. I, um, I mean, obviously, Joe Mixon brought uh, helped the Bengals, but that was that was all Joe Burrow, and I mean, it wasn't all Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase, but you know. <clears throat> Uh, you know, he Joe Mixon's not the focal point of that offense. Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers, I mean, they're not taking they weren't they weren't the ones taking the Rams to the Super Bowl. You're 100 percent right. You win, you win with cheap running backs, you pay your quarterbacks, you pay your receivers, and, and it's just not a position you can splurge on anymore. But let me see. All right. Uh, let's move on to another subject. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs, uh, as you and I both know, did not get a lot of respect going into the NFL season this season. Uh, I think it's safe to say he's learned a lot of, he's earned a lot of people's respect throughout the year. Obviously, not ours enough to give him a big contract, but you know, either way, we're, I, I'm sure I can speak for both of us in saying that we're impressed with the season of Josh Jacobs having this year. I want to know, Dylan, who is a player? who is having a year that you think deserves more respect from fans, from media, from anything. I'll give you a hint. It's I'll give you a hint. And we just mentioned him. His name is Joe Burrow. There you go. You know, everybody mentioned in terms of top quarterbacks in the NFL, everybody mentions Josh Allen and Pat Holmes. Well, you know what? There's three guys on that list. And the third guy's in Cincinnati, Ohio. What if I told you, let me see, let me see. How about these stats with Joe Burrow this year? 68% completion percentage, 23 touchdowns, 8 picks. Oh, not bad. He's got, few, he's got fewer picks than Josh Allen. He's got a better completion percentage than Josh Allen or Pat Mahomes. Fewer interceptions than Allen. Oh, and by the way, who has? By the way, by the way, has did Jamal Chase play yesterday? Like I don't like I didn't see Chase playing yesterday. Joe Burrow went on the road without his two best offensive players and beat a dang good, a well coached Titan team. Mm-hmm. I mean, Joe yeah. Burrow never gets respect. They're like Justin Herbert, Tua, Josh Allen, Patton Mahomes. Wait, Joe Burrow was two minutes away from winning the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. Hello, he's an MVP. He should have won the MVP last year, but the voters are idiots and gave it there and gave it to somebody in Green Bay. <laughs> Joe Burrow outplayed Pat Mahomes second half of that AFC Championship game, and yes, they went on the road and beat a beat. Really good, maybe not an overly town, but a still really good tight end defense. Yeah, yeah. No, I think Joe's. I think Joe's a good shout. Um, you know, I, you mentioned too. I I don't know if 
you know, Joe Burrow got a lot of respect last season for taking the Bengals to the Super Bowl. It's their first playoff win in 31 years. And then not only did they get win, they got, won, they got all the way up to the Super Bowl. So, I, you know, I do think that Joe Burrow has earned a lot of respect. I think he lost a little bit of it because he had a really rough start to the season. I mean, that he that came first, off a freaking appendectomy. Right. But, you know, OK, I'm, I'm going to lead into my answer. I'm not going to talk about Tua as much as I want to because I think Tua is the most disrespected player in the NFL. Um, and I think Tua is much more disrespected than, than Joe Burrow is. But I'm going to move on to an unbiased alternate choice. You're talking about stat lines. I want to give you some stat lines. How about five touchdowns in the last three weeks? Add on two, four, six more over the rest of the course of the season as his team's second running back. Jamal Williams is the best running back on the Detroit Lions. And it's unbelievable because so many people, myself included, had DeAndre Swift as a potential number one overall running back in fantasy football this season. Not a number one draft pick, but a guy who had the potential to be the number one running back in fantasy football this year. And the Detroit Lions, obviously, yes, DeAndre DeAndre Swift's been, been hurt. He hasn't played the entire season, and he's really just been a shell of himself. But the Detroit Lions trust Jamal Williams. I mean, you don't score three touchdowns in one game. You don't have multiple two-touchdown games without being the trusted running back. And, like, obviously, you know, there's goal line backs. Every team has their goal line backs. But you still have to – you still have to – to, to be able to finish the play, you have to be able to get the job done. And and Jamal Williams has been such an underrated running back his his entire career. I mean, when he was in Green Bay, you know, I, he was my favorite. He's Jamal Williams has been my favorite player to draft in fantasy football for his entire career. Because even when he was in Green Bay and Aaron Jones was the number one guy, um, you know, Jamal Williams is still producing. Now that he's in Detroit, DeAndre Swift's the number one guy. And he's still producing. It's just, I mean, if you look at DeAndre Swift's stats, stats this season, even from the games he played, I mean, you look at at week 12, he had five carries for 19 yards. Week before, five carries, 20 yards. Week before, six carries, six yards. I mean, it is just, it's unbelievable how talented Jamal Williams is, how under the radar Jamal Williams is. And the fact that he's the, I mean, I, I guess it's not really fair to call him Detroit's number two running back. I mean, at the beginning of the year, and maybe even on the depth chart, he is, and he was, but man, Jamal Williams is the best running back in the, not in the NFL, but in, in uh, the Detroit Lions backfield. And I think he, uh, his name gets under the radar and kind of swept under the carpet just because, you know, he, yes, he scores those goal line touchdowns and everything, but the guy knows how to play football. And I, and I, I don't think he gets talked about enough. We'll say this. I drafted Jamal Williams a fair few times in uh, best ball and worked out all right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, it's been a few weeks, but uh, I figure Al- Alex has got something to say about two uh, United Federative quarterbacks having not just bad years, but wretched years. So, Alex, yeah. you may, the floor is yours. All right. So today for our rant, we would like you uh, so graciously introduced. I got to talk about two quarterbacks and I'm I'm even going to slip in a third one because there are really three quarterbacks who have been playing this season, who we have had high expectations throughout their career and have done nothing this season. Quarterback number one, it is the quarterback who everyone loves to hate this season. Let's ride Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. It's you know Russell Wilson was a botched play call away from being a Super Bowl champion against the New England Patriots. 
Russell Wilson had a fantastic career uh, in, in in Seattle and, and really was one of the most likable and and really top tier quarterbacks in the NFL. This season with the Denver Broncos, it's it's just a nightmare. It's it's I do not understand. Is Russell Wilson a bad quarterback? It's gotten to the point, and I know the coaching over there is terrible. I know they've had their injury problems, but that roster is too good to look how to look to be as bad as that team is. And and it only makes me wonder. I mean, how is how are they not doing better? Obviously, losing Javante Williams is massive because. Obviously, you you have to be able to run the ball to set up the pass. It's such a crucial thing in the NFL to be able to keep defenses honest so that they can't just drop everyone back in coverage. When when you have an effective run game, it opens up your passing game so much. So losing Javante Williams was a gigantic hit for that Denver Broncos team. But in my mind, if you're one of those elite top quarterbacks, it doesn't matter. Russell Wilson should be taking these Denver Broncos to a winning record, to a playoff run. And this just the fact that he is not is just, it's disappointing to me because I've always loved Russell Wilson. I've always thought he was a fantastic quarterback. The Broncos players, the Broncos defensive players were screaming at him on the sidelines yesterday. It is just a mess in Denver and it blows my, and, and unfortunately, it as I've, as I've said, it just makes me ask, is Russell Wilson, I mean, is has he fallen off? Is his career over? Is it just a bad season? I don't know what I don't know the answer to those questions, but all I know is watching Russell Wilson play football for the Denver Broncos right now is not a pretty sight. The next quarterback I want to talk about, everyone knows it, Aaron Rodgers. What is going on in Green Bay this season? Obviously, things have started progressing in a somewhat more upward direction. Obviously, the injury um, to his thumb, he had to leave the game, and Jordan Love came in and looked like a superstar uh, yesterday, last night. But again. And and I have a perfect thing to back this up, but these elite quarterbacks, yes, you lose Devontae Adams, but you have your Aaron Rodgers. You're the MVP last season. We know how per they've never other I mean, it I just don't understand watching the Green Bay Packers this season. I've talked about it on this podcast throughout the entire season. I don't understand why they're not using Aaron Jones. I don't understand why why they're not using AJ Dillon. They have talented players on this roster, and it just does not seem like they can put the pieces together. Finally, Christian Watson has stepped up, and Christian Watson looks like, I mean, almost a, an offensive rookie of the year candidate. I mean, it's gonna be it's it's a tough race this year for that for that offensive rookie of the year position. But Christian Watson has taken Green Bay by storm. I mean, that touchdown he had uh, off that um, Jordan Love pass yesterday was, I mean, just, he looked like Tyreek Hill outspringing the rest of the defense, but Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if you're doing too many state farm commercials. I don't know if, if your love of the game, I mean, you were thinking about retiring last season and maybe that's the only thing in your mind this season, but if you want to retire, buddy, just, just retire because it's not fun watching you play football this season. Finally, very quickly, third quarterback I want to talk about. Matthew Stafford, man. Oh, my goodness. The Los Angeles Rams as a whole have been a complete dumpster fire. They were bad before Cooper Cup got hurt. And now that Cooper Cup got hurt, it's just there's no hope for the Rams. The, the fact that the that the L.A. Rams were Super Bowl champions last season and, the, and we are in week 11 and their season is over is just disgusting to me. You have a you have an incredible head coach who can apparently take a hit if you saw you saw that uh that hit that Sean McVay took from his own from his own player with his shoulder pad but so can Nick Saban yeah literally 
Um, but it's just, I mean, Matthew Stafford, their the run game hasn't done anything. Cooper Cup, it, it seems like the only game plan that the LA Rams had this season was to throw the ball to Cooper Cup. And you, I mean, obviously Cooper Cup's a great receiver, but you have to be able to do something more than that. Allen Robinson should be getting more work. Even, even Ben Skronik is a talented player and they go to, I mean, I think I saw 90% of Matthew Stafford's pass attempts have gone to a white receiver this season, which is just a ridiculous stat in the first place. But it's just, I cannot believe that the Super Bowl, defending Super Bowl champions are eliminated from anything positive after 11 weeks of the NFL season. And the last thing I have to say to sum all of this up is going back to get Aaron Rodgers and going back to Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers lost Devontae Adams. It sucks. Uh, Russell Wilson lost DK Metcalf and, and, and Tyler Lockett, obviously Cooper uh, or Cortland Sutton and, and Jerry Judah, talented receivers, but you know, he had that connection. Patrick Mahomes lost Tyreek Hill and it sure hasn't. Yes. Pa- Patrick Mahomes also has Travis Kelsey, but Tyreek Hill has shown to be has proven to be the most dominant wide receiver in the NFL because I mean, the people were saying he was going to drop off the face of the earth, catching passes from Tua. He's, 1A or 1B best receiver in the NFL this season. Patrick Mahomes looks like a superstar. You know, it, it, it was a trade that worked out for both teams, and I don't see Patrick Mahomes with a losing record. I don't see Patrick Mahomes losing football games and, and not being himself because he lost Tyreek Hill. I don't want the excuse from Packers fans that they lost Devontae Adams. They have a talented roster. And just Devontae – or I'm sorry, um, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, and Russell Wilson – what are you doing, guys? I mean, at this point, maybe we've got so many. many maybe, that? Doing, maybe doing too many commercials. Uh, maybe too many commercials. And, you know, it's not a good look for them. I mean, even Tom Brady has had a decent year, but he, he hasn't necessarily been the Tom Brady that we know. These And the unfortunate thing for these quarterbacks is there are so many young quarterbacks in the NFL that – the quarterback position is 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 a group of youth and a group of talent and a group of the future. And unfortunately, these guys, the end is near and it's not looking good for them. Oh, by the way, you know what's by the way, what's news for the Rams and Broncos this year? They don't even get their first round picks. Exactly. <laughs> That's spicy. I don't know what it else is. to say. I'm glad my team doesn't have that quarterback situation. I'll just say that much. Well, my team. There you go. So thanks for hopping on, Alex. We wish you Dolphins well. Hopefully uh, Mike McDaniel can uh, win in California, New York, Florida, Massachusetts, wherever the Dolphins play. Yeah, you know, we got three-game road streak, but I'm excited to see how we handle it. Thank you for having me on, Dylan. It's been a pleasure as always. And let's go USA tomorrow, baby. I believe.